It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Well, here we go again, friends. I tell you what now. Today, we're going to talk about revival. We're going to talk about revival. What is it, Rich, that you always say about revival? Well, I say that we're praying for a Great Awakening-style revival to and, sweep across America and around the world. And revival is always preceded by, by a movement of prayer. Every great uh, a revival is preceded by a movement of prayer. You know what, Rich? Uh, you know what, folks? I think we have too much religion right now. We don't have enough renewal. We don't have enough revival. We don't have enough springtime. Yeah. Uh, we need Jesus. We absolutely listen to this. We praise thee, O God, for the Son of thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, find the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, find the glory. Revive us again. (laughs) That's our prayer. I tell you what, that really rings my bell because I really feel that. I really, really feel that. Now, folks, if you're not aware of the revival at Asbury University. Uh, You must be living under a rock or something. Um, We're going to be talking about that. But I want you to hear what Greg Laurie said about revival. And Greg Laurie, as you know, is on Bot Radio Network. Here's what he said. I want to talk a little bit tonight about the topic of revival. Now, we've heard that word used a lot here, but I want to drill down a little bit deeper. Because I think God is giving to our country right now some wake-up calls. Look, I don't know about you, but I've never had less confidence in the political process than I have at this moment right here, right now. It's not going to be solved by politicians. We need something supernatural to happen. To me, it's like God is giving us wake-up calls. Are we going to wake up and pay attention? That's right. That's right. Oh, and Dad, that reminds me, if I could say this, that Jesus Revolution movie, it launches this weekend. And I saw an advanced screening of this just a day or two ago, and it is wonderful. Google Jesus Revolution movie and find out where it's playing near you. You know, one one person that we carry for many years on Bot Radio Network is David Barton. What What a gentleman he is. What a historian he is. And now he's gotten older, too, and I hear his son on his broadcast. It's the Wall Builders, isn't it? Wall Builders, that's right. The Wall Builders broadcast. Now, David Barton had something to say. Right, I interviewed him about revival. About revival, that's what this is, isn't it? And I hope and pray that we'll see another great awakening in yep. our land. Do you, do you sense that? Are you seeing some of the beginning signs of that? A great awakening, strangely enough, is a decades long. Is a revival is not short. And I believe we have been in a great awakening for eight to ten years. Statistically, I think I can prove that. Uh, the thing with great awakening is it's 
often happens outside the church. The church refuses to respond. That's why Jordan Woodfield had to preach in open pastures because churches wouldn't let him in. So I think that is happening. I think we're at the verge of really having a great awakening. And I wish churches would participate in it. But if they don't, we're going to have to do it outside them. But we're going to get the culture back. And I want Christian Radio to be a part of that. And to be used of the Lord for another great awakening. Thank you, David Barton. (laughs) That's right, Dad. That is our prayer. Where were you? Where were you? Well, that was at the National Religious Broadcasters Association meeting. Yeah. And you're right. You're right. We We want everybody. We want Christian Radio. We want Christian Television. And certainly the churches. We want Christians to be involved and be doing whatever is necessary to, to bring revival. Absolutely. Now, tell us about this Asbury oh. uh, University, Rich, first of all. Um, and as I said before, if people are not aware of what's happening up there, they must be living under a rock because it's a phenomenon. It's, a, it's an amazing Apparently a real revival, genuine. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. It's so fitting that this revival is breaking out in Asbury University because in 1970, there was another great, big, huge revival that broke out at Asbury University. as one of the original uh, uh, flames that ignited this uh, Jesus People movement all across the country. And just a couple of weeks ago, it broke out again. So 1970 to today— it's, it's, what, some 50 years later. And so let me tell you about Asbury, because right. this, is, this provides some context. Asbury University is named after Francis Asbury, 1745 to 1816, who was only 26 when he came to evangelize the American colonies. He became a leader in the Second Great Awakening. It's estimated that he traveled 270,000 miles on horseback preaching and planting churches. But circuit riding wasn't glamorous. Prior to 1847, more than half of the circuit riders died before the age of 30 because of animal attacks, exposure to bad weather, and the hardships of travel. Their sacrifice was the seed that died in the ground and produced a massive spiritual harvest. Francis Asbury's life was marked by white-hot spiritual fervor. After being sent to our shores by John Wesley, Asbury wrote, we must reach every section of America, especially the raw frontiers. Back then, the raw frontiers would have included Tennessee and Kentucky. We must not be afraid of men, devils, wild animals, or disease. Our motto must always be forward. Like a modern Joshua, Asbury possessed the land in spite of his frequent ailments. He was so loved by his Christian brethren that more than 20,000 people followed his coffin when he was buried in Virginia after his death at age 70 know, in where 1816. Is, where is Asbury University? Well, it's in the little town of Wilmore, Kentucky, which is just south of Lexington, Kentucky, a little bit. Yeah. You know where they have the uh, the big horse race there, the Kentucky Derby? It's south of there in a little town called Wilmore. Now, the amazing thing also that's happening, it was not planned. It did not have a leader. They didn't have a big screen. They had nothing, and it just broke out. Mm-hmm. Now, here is a student. Here's an Asbury University student to tell us about it. Have you ever thought that you knew something, only to find out that you didn't really know it in the deepest extent, and what you've experienced so far is just the tip of the iceberg? 
Sometimes we're going, going, going through life, not expecting anything out of the ordinary, pretty content with where we're at. When something happens that gets our attention and causes us to rethink our assumptions, conclusions, or even our sincerity of belief. What are those things that we think we know deep down, but have yet to scratch the surface of and really experience? Where are we fooling ourselves? And how do we realize it? How do we go deeper? One morning in 1970 in the Hughes Auditorium, students and faculty at Asbury College in Kentucky came to a regular chapel service. God was gonna make himself known in a way that would impact the rest of their lives and influence hundreds of other campuses and communities across the nation. Rich, wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful if every Bible college, Bible school, Christian university, a Christian college would also have what is happening right now at Asbury University. And that's happening now. This revival is breaking out on college campuses all across the nation. I want our listeners to hear what the president of Asbury University said. His name is Kevin Brown. And what he had to say to the students, here it is. Friends, we're now approaching two consecutive weeks of nonstop worship, prayer, gathering, consecration, commitment to one another. Incredible. And whether you call this a revival or a renewal or an outpouring or an awakening, what we have experienced on this campus these last few weeks is unlike anything I have ever experienced in my entire life. I just keep repeating the, the firsthand witness I've seen of radical humility, these incredible acts of compassion. We see confession, we see consecration, we see life-altering commitment. And when I walk into this space, and even when I'm outside and just meeting the guests, it is just a beautiful picture of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now I wanna tell you earlier today, we had authorities that had to redirect traffic away from Wilmore. Our town's institutions here and our town's infrastructure, I just wanna be clear, is just not in a place to absorb at this moment the influx of the blessed guests that we have had come to Wilmore. And I have seen incredible, incredible men and women who have bent over backwards. Our staff, our faculty, our own students, the way that Asbury students have made room at the table. I've seen people here at 8 a.m. and then they leave at 1 a.m. and they've come back the next morning at 8 a.m. and we've said you've got to take a break and they say I know but it's worth it. 
whatever they need to do to make space for visitors. I've seen volunteers mobilized near and far to come and do whatever they can do, again, to make space so that others can experience this renewal and an encounter with Jesus Christ. I've seen other institutions in town that have redeployed and redirected their own people and their own resources to make space at the table, to play a role in stewarding God's Spirit on our campus, in this area, in this region, and to do it in collaboration with the Asbury community. Some of the best people that I know has been one of the greatest honors of my life. I'm not being hyperbolic. It's been one of the greatest honors of my life. To do that with our students here is one of the greatest honors of my life. To have other schools come to this space is one of the greatest honors of my life. We have seen, and what we have seen since February 8th can rightly be described as the fruit of our mission. But it is not ours to hold alone. We are not the keepers of this movement. We're hearing amazing stories from across the world, not just Kentucky, not just the U.S., the world. And when folks have come to Wilmore and have asked me and have asked my friends what's happening, there's so much to say. And frankly, I don't know how to describe a lot of what is taking place, but I do say this, people are hungry. There is a deep hunger. And when I hear the word hunger, I think of Jesus' most famous sermon, Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They will be filled. Hear this. Blessed are those who hunger for a right relationship with God. And blessed are those who hunger to, ha to be in a right relationship with neighbor. They are the ones that leave the dinner table satisfied. We're looking to other schools. We're looking at other churches. We're looking to you to be co-commissioners, to partner, to go out, to let our light so shine, to let this fire blaze in other places that ultimately points to God. Other schools, other churches, our communities, find those dark places and go there and be light. My heart is for this young generation. And I'm so thankful for the men and women who have gone before us who want to steward their spiritual experience as well. And I just want to end with one last thing. We have been changing our schedule, and I'm trying to do that as responsibly and faithfully as I can, and as prayerfully as I can. But I've seen many headlines coming out saying, Asbury University is ending the revival services or scheduling an end to revival. And while it is true that after Thursday of this week, we will conclude our last service in Hughes Auditorium here and on the campus of Asbury, we know this is not a conclusion to hungry hearts that are being stirred and responding by seeking Jesus Christ. Thank you for being here. 
Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for how I've seen you love one another. It's inspiring. Thank you for your attitude. And please continue to pray for the church. Pray for these young adults who are going to change the world and be change agents for Christ. Pray that we all might be changed. Pray that's what's happening would move across our states and our countries and our continents for the fullest realization of our mutual humanity and the edification of the common good in our communities and ultimately for the glorification of God. My prayer is that when the world sees us, when they see Wilmore, when they see you, when they see you in your communities, when they see what's happening at other churches and other schools and other professions all across the world, let them see Jesus Christ. Let them see the best of Christianity. Let them see the best of the church. And let them see what Jesus said in John 17, unity. I pray that they are one, Father, as you and I are one. God bless you. Thank you for being here this night. Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, that was Kevin Brown, who is the president of Asbury University. Now, Rich, uh, the thing that I was amazed of, that when I saw what I did, and I have really studied this now, these are college kids. The revival just happened. It was student-led, and I understand that students were giving testimonies and they were asking forgiveness of other students and for having a bad attitude. And God wow. was doing something among the student body that was not orchestrated, not planned, and not uh, arranged for uh, by anybody. And there was prayer and there was repentance and there was uh, the reading of the scripture and preaching and praising God through song. And uh, it was just a, a wonderful thing. And I, I heard this described as there for two weeks, the people were coming in to, re, to the revival, and now the revival is going out to the world. And people were pouring into that little town from all over the country. You see, that's one thing that social media does. Uh, it, like anything, it yeah. can be used for good or evil. And people were getting saved. You know, there isn't and anything that, we that have is, that, that can't so be used for both good or evil. But in this case, social media is what has been bringing— Right, and you can't help but think that God is doing something. When you think that this is going on, that, that uh, movie about the Jesus Revolution yes. is just opening, and the Collegiate Day of Prayer is, is happening just this past week on Thursday. Yeah. And interestingly enough, a year ago, they selected Asbury University as the location for that Collegiate Day of Prayer. When was that? That, that was just this past Thursday, okay. right in the middle of this revival. So, so God is really orchestrating something unique— uh, as something that only he could do All in right. our time. Now, here's something Billy Graham left with us before he went to heaven. Listen to this. Turn tonight to the third chapter of John. Jesus has been talking to Nicodemus, who is a great religious leader. And Jesus had said, you must be born again if you're to enter the kingdom of God. And then the famous passage, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want us all to say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting 
life. Millions of people today are depressed, discouraged around the world. I just read about a politician in South America who was crying and he said, the bottom has dropped out of my world. So many people have become suicidal and suicide is the third greatest cause of death in the United States today. But this scripture says, for God is there hope at this hour, at this hour that has been called dangerous, and even some people said de uh, desperate. Is there hope? Yes, there's hope because there's God. Now, it says in this passage, for God, and many people ask me, can you prove that there is a God? I said, no, you cannot prove God in a test tube in a laboratory anywhere and say, I've got God in a mathematical formula. Helen Keller, as you remember, was blind and deaf and dumb. No one had ever been able to communicate with her. And finally, when they did communicate with her, they mentioned the word God. And she communicated back and said, I've known him, but I didn't know his name. The scripture says that God is the creator of the whole universe. He's from everlasting to everlasting. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. All of that is created by God. By the word of the Lord were all the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Think of it, the breath of his mouth. He created all those stars and planets and worlds that we see through telescopes and we see on our television as the astronauts flash their pictures back here. One of the world's most distinguished scientists after working for years on the theories of cosmic beginnings came to believe that there was a God. Yes, back of this whole universe is Almighty God. And we're here to, this week to talk about God and to talk about what He can do in our lives and our community and change us because He's also a God of love. Now the Bible teaches that God is not only the Creator, but God is a Spirit. God is a Spirit and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit, said Jesus to the woman at the well. He's also unchanging. I'm the Lord, I change not. Think of it, all these centuries, all these millenniums. There's no variableness, neither shadow of turning with Him. He is just the same as He was a million years ago. He's just the same as he'll be a million years from tonight. God never changes. The Bible also teaches that God is holy. He's absolutely pure. Ye shall be holy for I am the Lord. God am holy. The scripture says in Leviticus 19.2. The scripture says the Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all of his works. Psalm 145, 17. And then the scripture says in Habakkuk 1.13 that thou art of purer eyes and to behold evil and canst not look on iniquity. The Bible also teaches that God is not only the creator and God is not only holy, but he's a God of judgment. The Bible says it is appointed unto men once to die and after that the judgment. In other words, you're going to die and that's a judgment too, but you're also going to face the great judgment day in which God is going to bring the whole world together that has rejected him and we're going to be judged individually and God is going to judge us. He's appointed a day in Acts 17:31. He's appointed a day in which he will judge the world. 
So when we die, we're going to the judgment. But the Bible also says that God is a God of love. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 8, God is love. Now the word that is used there for love is different than our word that we use often. It's a copy. It means a deep love that we know nothing about until we know God. Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, Jeremiah says. A popular song a few years ago was, I can't live in a world without love. You don't have to. God loves you. Whoever you are, whatever your background, whatever you've done, God loves you. And if there's one thing I want you to remember after this crusade is over, if you forget everything else, you remember that God loves you. All right, folks. This has been a wonderful, wonderful, complete story today. All about revival. Rich and I sitting here in the studio feel this, and we, we also believe you do as well. Here it is. This song reminded me, when I have watched YouTube and uh, the things that I've seen on this revival, the mixture of races, the students of every race, the college students of every race, and from everywhere. And every age group. The gospel is for everybody. All right. Can you give us a phone number? Yes, folks. We'd love to hear from you. Call us on our listener comment line, 1-800-345-2621. That's 1-800-345-2621. This is Dick Bott with this chapter of the complete story as more than a public service uh, with my son, Rich. And I'll see you later. (laughs) 